0: Thanks for joining us today for the Lighthouse Church Podcast. We love hearing stories about how this podcast and how our church encourages and allows us to use God's word to reach others, not just in our area, but all over the world. If you got a story about something you've heard on this podcast that has made a difference in your life, let us know by emailing us at amen at lighthouseag.com. We'd love to hear about it. Also, if you'd like to help this ministry financially, you can do so online at www.lighthouseag.com by clicking on the online giving and help us bring this message and others like it to you each week. Thanks for joining us. We encourage you to open your heart and minds today to experience a word from God. Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to ask Ron... Ron's going to pass out some things to you here as we're talking, so don't be surprised. Him and Frank are going to be helping you. Do you remember what we asked you to bring today? Sam or Tom? No, 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 no. Okay. What leaders want you to know about faith, I'd like to speak to you about faith. Faith is a powerful thing. Faith is something that you can't necessarily see. You can't necessarily see faith. But you can see the results of faith. You can see the results of faith. Faith motivated the prophet Elijah to walk up to evil King Ahab and to declare to him. He walked up to Ahab and he said, you know what? There's not going to be any rain or there's not going to be any dew except at my word. We don't hear anything about Elijah. We talked about him last week, about how he prayed. We didn't hear anything about Elijah before that. We just know that he was a Tishbite. It's like, what? It doesn't introduce him. It doesn't say anything about what right he had to speak, what position he held. He didn't have anything like that. But faith enabled him to walk up to evil King Ahab and says, Ahab, I mean, can you imagine this? The king, he says, Ahab, it's not gonna rain until I say it's gonna rain. Now, you have to understand this. They were worshiping Baal. Ahab had introduced Baal worship as a means of acquiring prosperity and blessing. So as Ahab comes and what they thought, they thought that the worship of Baal was what it was. Baal controlled the thunder and the rain. Okay, that the worship of El. so that motivated them. But Ahab comes and says, it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. Now, either he's crazy or he's heard from God. And sometimes it's hard to distinguish. There's some that we can just distinguish. Is that they're a little crazy. But I want you to know this. If you're going to trust God and you're going to believe God, there are going to be times in which you look A little crazy. You ask yourself, am I nuts? Finally, it enabled him to, faith enabled him to call down fire from heaven and defeat the 400 prophets of Baal. Faith enabled him to hear the sound of a mighty rain when there was no physical evidence. Finally, faith enabled him to pray and release rain from heaven. My hope is that through this word from the Lord, we'll be able to position ourselves. Everybody say, position ourselves before God in such a way that we will experience God's divine intervention. Then we will see miracles and signs and wonders as a direct result of our faith. This is what I want you to do now. At the end of your pew, there's a sharpie. In the center of your board, I'm going to show you. Pretty much the center of your board, both sides. Draw a line. You write on the upper part, okay? The upper part is this part. This is the lower part. (laughs) This is the upper part. On the upper part, before you write, don't say anything. Don't start writing yet. Before you write, I want you to think of what name of God. God has different names. There's different things that we know him by. He may be my savior. He may be your sanctifier. He may be your provider. He may be your father. He may be your master. It may be Jesus. Whatever name you need of God, if you need him to be your provider, then write down my provider. If you need him to be your sanctifier, then write down my sanctifier. Okay. If you need him to be, and you can write as many as four on here, one on each side. If you can write it small on the one side, you don't have to do this right now. I'll do it right now. So you can think it over in a little while. During the message, I need him to be my sanctifier. I need him to sanctify me. I need him to be my provider. I need him to be my peace. I need him to be my healer. You write down what you need him to be for you. After you've done that, on the lower part, you don't have to write in the lower part. Everyone have Sharpies. During the message, below the line, there's going to be things that the Holy Spirit, everybody say the Holy Spirit. Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to ask you to have faith for. And you may say marriage. You may say family. You may say salvation. You may say provision. Wisdom. Healing. There's going to be different things that throughout the sermon, and you'll be sitting here and the Holy Spirit's going to bring them to your mind. Don't write them all down now because you haven't given the Holy Spirit time to speak to you. Okay? So throughout the sermon, I want you to write things down. Well, I'll be talking, and the Holy Spirit will bring something else to your mind, and I want you to write that down. It may be salvation for your son. It may be a restoration of a relationship. It may be God's provision. Does everyone understand? What's on the top? Wait, where? Let's start easy. Which one is the top? This one. Which one's the bottom? You'd be surprised how many people don't get it. And there's a reason for us doing this way. You can write up to how many up on here? Four. One on each side. Down here, what are we writing? What you need faith for. Your marriage, your home, your business, healing in your mind salvation for your neighbor, whatever that is. The Holy Spirit's going to bring that to your attention. So I want you to go ahead and just start. As I preach, I expect you to write. In Luke 7, verse 5, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And that's what we're doing today. We're asking God to move us into a new realm of faith. Not in faith, but a faith in believing God That he can do the impossible. Let me just pray for you right now. Father, I pray that you would release supernatural faith in the minds, hearts, emotions, the lives of your people here today. Release a faith that far surpasses any challenge or any obstacle that we face. Open our eyes the unlimited number of possibilities that surround us give us a measure of faith that's greater than the times and drives us forward a measure of faith that strengthens our spirit to put a stake in the ground and inspires us to go after god for bold visions and achieves extraordinary things for your kingdom's sake and for your name's sake and we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. And let me share with you what a few other people have written about faith. One person wrote, faith sees the invisible. It believes the incredible and receives the impossible. Another one wrote, faith is the empty hand of the soul that reaches out to God and returns full. Faith believes God and is the God who does the impossible. Now, how does the Bible say that you and I can grow in faith? Faith comes by hearing hearing. and hearing what? The The word of God. Second Corinthians, just kind of sit back and take these in. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seven says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Acts chapter six, verse eight. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Luke chapter 7, verse 9. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Now to him who is able, can you finish this one with me? To do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder, of those who diligently seek him. Matthew 17, verse 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a what? As a mustard seed. You'll say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. For who? For you. It says, if you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, then nothing will be impossible for you. Well, I'm going to let the word speak for itself. Matthew nine twenty nine. then he touched their eyes, said, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And Matthew chapter 15, verse 28, then Jesus answered and said to her, a oh, woman, great is your faith, let it be as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Matthew 21, 21, So Jesus answered and said unto them, Surely I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you'll not only do what has was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live. By faith. Now, how do we step into the supernatural realm of faith? Well, according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it tells us that faith is the substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, faith is the title deed of things that are hoped for. Faith gives substance. To what our hopes and our dreams are. Faith forms a solid ground for what we hope for. It also says that faith is the evidence or the conviction of things not seen. That faith is the proof. Faith is the proof of things we don't see. Now, this is so hard. For us practical people, if you're created a particular way and you you know you dysfunction a certain way, faith is one of those things that's hard for some people who would consider themselves kind of a practical person because a lot of times we want to believe in what we can see. We want to believe in what we can put our hands on, and yet faith is the evidence of those things that are hoped for. Faith makes us certain of realities that that we do not see faith is to go beyond our senses it enables us to go beyond our senses and see and recognize things that are invisible and to be honest with you even in preaching that sometimes i'm like what god i like to believe in things that you show me i like to believe in things that i can see and yet can you see god how many have seen him well, we recognize his work and we recognize his presence and we recognize the way that he moves in our lives, but we've not seen God. In Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 4, verse 17, it says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not you hear that? He calls into being things that were not. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Verse 19, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead Since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead Faith does not deny the reality of what can be seen Okay, but faith does not discount the reality of what can't be seen so Abraham the verse says of him that against all hope Without weakening in his faith. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead Abraham said, you know what? I'm a hundred years old. My body is as good as dead. Sarah's ninety years old. We're old. He didn't run around and say, We're not old. We're twenty three. I'm not going to confess it. He didn't do that. He didn't run around and say, I'm not going to confess. I'm twenty. I'm eighteen. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. He didn't have his hand cut off and believe, I don't receive that my hand's cut off. He didn't do that. There's realities. There's realities that we can see. But just like there's realities that we can see, there's realities that we cannot see. And he chose to believe God in spite of what he could see with his natural eyes. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God But was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. That's what faith is. Faith is believing in God that God has the power to do what he promised. Not what you promised, not what somebody else promised, but that God has the power to do exactly what he said in spite of your circumstances, in spite of your lack, in spite of your weakness, in spite of your illness. God has the power. And that's what Abraham believed that God had the power. Now, faith is the power that creates things out of nothing. And I don't know if it's really, if that's an accurate point there because it's not really out of nothing. Faith has the power to create things that you and I can't see, out of things that we can't see. Okay? Out of things that you can't view with your human eyes. By faith we understand that the universe, Hebrews 11:3, was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. The Amplified Translation says, By faith we understand that the worlds during the successive ages were framed, fashioned and put in order and equipped for their intended purposes by the word of God so that what we see was not made out of things which are visible. Faith says, I will reach out to make the invisible possibilities a reality. Faith says, I will see things that do not exist and believe things that have no proof. I will speak to things that are not so that they become so. Now, here's what I want you to hear. Faith changes the way that we think. I got to be honest with you. I struggle sometimes with this talking about faith and stuff. I'm a practical guy. That's a, a nice thing. It's a bad thing. I'll seldom promise you. I seldom promise the or my kids something I don't deliver. I keep my word. I don't want to promise things that I can't deliver. I don't want to be like someone chasing crazy things. It's like I'm a practical guy. I tell myself. <laughs> but then I read a scripture that says that without faith, I can't even please him. Huh? Without believing things that are impossible, without believing in things that I can't see, without being able to see beyond the natural, that I can't please God. Faith changes the way we think. A faith mindset is a renewed mind that is shifted over believing the scripture first. What does God say in his word? A faith mindset believes that God is able. A faith mind says God's a God of provision. God's a God of abundance. God's a God of healing. God's a God of wisdom and insight. God's a God of miracles. God is a God who can do anything. That's what a faith mindset says. Jesus said in Mark 9.23, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. In Matthew 19.26, but Jesus looked at him and said to him, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. In Judges 18.10, it says, When you go out, you'll come to a secure place in a large land, for God has given it into your hands A place where there is no lack of anything that is on the earth. I believe faith mindset begins with what I have. And sometimes it begins with what I don't have. But it also believes this. It believes that the natural things can be a starting point. A place of lack can be a place for miracles. Now, from the scripture, let me illustrate this to you. Look to the person next to you and say, what's in your hand? I got a steak. I got a stake. That's what's in my hand. And you know what? I don't know. This might be a starting place for miracles for you. He said to Moses, let me read to you from Exodus 4, verse 2. Then Moses answered him, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord hasn't appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, what's in your hand? And he said, a rod. I got a stick. It's my walking stick. What did that rod do whenever he lifted up over the Red Sea? It parted the waters. What did that rod do whenever he struck the rock? Provided water. See, God says, what is in your hand? The second thing, look to the person next to you and say, what's in your house? What's in your house? house? Some of you may say, I don't have a lot. First Kings Chapter 17, it goes back to the gentleman who we heard about earlier, Elijah. You can read it when you go home. 1 Kings 17, verse 8 through 16. Elijah goes to the widow at Zarephath. And he said to her, as he comes into the city, God directed him to go there. And he said to her, there's a terrible drought. He said, could you get me something to drink? So she starts off to go and get him a drink. And he said, could you get me a little cake too? And she said... I don't have enough. I don't have enough, she said. All I got is a little oil and a little flour. And we're going to make a cake. And my son and I are going to eat our cake and we're going to die. Because there's no provision. There's nothing else. And what does he say? Elijah said to her, make me a cake first. But he said, make me a cake and bring it to me first. And the scripture tells us, she obeyed the voice of God. What a man of faith. He says, You take care of this first, and God will provide for you. And she did. And the scripture says that the oil never ran dry, and that the flour never ran out. Enough for her, her son, and Elijah. That entire famine. So, what's in your house? Let me look to the person next to you and say, What's in your basket? What's in your basket? Some of you may say, I don't have enough. Faith says, what's in your basket? In John chapter six, verse nine, the disciples were out for a big meeting. The people were hungry. They were far off. There was McDonald's had closed down. All they had back then was Chick-fil-A and they closed on Sundays. And so there was no place for them to eat. And Jesus says to them, you provide for them. Well, how are we gonna provide? Well, there's a little boy. And he has, this young lad, he has five small barley loaves and two small fish. How far will this go among so many? Yet, listen, Jesus took them. When you give what's in your basket to Jesus, he takes it. He gave thanks and distributed those who were seated as much as they wanted. Wait, he didn't give them like, he didn't ration it? He gave them as much as they wanted, as much as they needed so they could eat their full. He did the same with the fish. And when they all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over nothing, let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. What's in your basket? What's in your mind? Look to the person next to you and say, what's in your mind? Isaiah 55 verse 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Listen, if you'll allow him to, if you'll give God your mind, he can give you creative ideas. He can give you insight. He can give you wisdom. He can give you strategies. God can place in your mind a thought that will solve all kinds of problems. God can place a word into your mind that will take care of what you're up against. Finally, look to the person next to you. What's in your dreams? Joseph was one who had quite a few dreams. I want to say to you today, don't give up on the dream that God gave you. Don't give up on the dreams that God has placed in your heart. He's birthed in your heart. Micah 7, verse 7 through 8. Therefore, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I wonder if Joseph, we don't, he didn't have that verse back then, but whenever he sat in the prison, he didn't give up on his dreams. When he was sold as a slave into Potiphar's house, he did not give up on his dreams. And at the end of his life, he was able to say, you meant this for evil, but all the while God was working for my good. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on obtaining the blessing, the favor and the honor of God. Seek it. Ask God for His blessing. Ask Him for His favor. Proverbs 8.35 For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Proverbs 10.22 The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and He adds no sorrow with it. Don't give up following the God-given dreams even when you see no apparent results. Habakkuk 3.17 Through 19 is really a word of faith. Habakkuk says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the laborer of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and though there be no herd in the stall, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Why? Because the Lord is my strength. He'll make my feet like deer's feet. And he'll make me walk on high hills. I want you to hear this. Faith takes your focus off of you and off of your needs. And it places them directly where it needs to be. Where does your focus need to be? On the Lord. Your focus needs to be upon the Lord. And what faith does. Faith puts our focus back where it needs to be. Now, take a minute. I want all of you just to take a minute. and Go ahead. If Hopefully finish that off. Now this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Put your pen, after you're done, put it at the end of the pew. Everyone pass it down to the end of the pew. There's someone who comes after you. But there is someone who comes after you. And grab your hammer. How many of you have a hammer? You know what? What did Jesus say? It may be too late for you to get your hammer. You know, it's like the wise and the foolish. Virgins. This is just like a little pre-test for that. So on your way out, we got two hammers up here. You can share one with family. If you see someone without a hammer, don't take the parable to heart. Let them share yours. I'd like you to stand up and everybody line Line up against this wall, everybody. We're going to take these outside and we're going to put a stake in the ground. When we're done putting the stake in the ground, but when we drive them in the ground, listen, you're not going to be able to see your problem anymore. Oh, man, what am I going to do about that? I'm not going to be able to see my problem anymore. That's going to be under my provider. That's going to be under my sanctifier. That's going to be under my everything. So I'm going to lead you outside, and I want you to follow in a line with me. I'm going to direct you where to go, okay?